Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I'm your dashing, daring, and debonair host, Kellen Conley. Y'all can't see that, but it's all true. It's all true. So look, man. I sat here on Saturday afternoon and recorded about 20 minutes of the beginning of this episode. And apparently my phone recorded nothing because I have no sound from that. So my first audio error in a long, 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 long time. I don't know if it can be saved. So we're just going to do it, do it again because it's clearly not Saturday now. <laughs> um, so let me just get into it, man. Like uh, it, it was just this intro talking. I mean, I'm going, I don't know. It, it's frustrating, man, because uh, as someone who's been dealing with audio and recording audio for such a long time, since at least 2001, um, whenever you record something and then the audio isn't there in this case, or the audio is bad, and despite all your efforts to clean it up, it's just not happening. It can be very frustrating. I mean, there's been times I've recorded songs, I've lost verses, uh, verses just sound didn't sound clean enough, you know, and you know, there's nothing you can do about those things, but they're very frustrating. Because I thought I had me a solid intro, solid intro when I was getting ready to do uh, the next section of the pod, and now here we are. But enough about that. <clears throat> Let's just go ahead and move on and get right to the right to the thing. So this episode is brought to you by Get-Go and their coffee, pumpkin spice and half and half. What up, though? Not supposed to be using a bank account, but I dropped $3. Hopefully it doesn't break us before we get paid. But really, Hyphenation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, a Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people, hyphenpodcastgroup.com. And also by Mark Rob, written by my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson. He writes prolific paragraphs about all kinds of things. He's working on a Game of Thrones piece. Uh, he was hoping to maybe... Uh, three more pieces before the end of the year. Uh, Nothing yet, but we shall see. The markrob.wordpress.com. Again, that's the M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. Okay. With that out of the way, Morgantown Weather Report. It's raining. It's pouring. The old man is snoring. I was snoring last night, y'all. I slept good as fuck. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I trimmed up the beard a little bit. I was getting a little unruly. I was eating my own beard and stuff. So I trimmed it up last night. Drank a little uh, non-alcoholic sangria. I ate some uh, delicious holiday popcorn. You know, the caramel and the chatter and the regular popcorn. I ate some of that. Well, I played on my phone a little bit. And I watched a little Frasier, which I'm trying to actually... I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Frasier's going off Netflix on December, on, uh, December 31st. Um, I'm only on season three or four out of 11. And yeah, I started watching it a long time ago. I mentioned on this pod I was going to start watching Frasier. And I just haven't came back to it. So I've been slowly making my way through Frasier. And I also watched... What did I watch? Um, Oh, 
Let's talk about this. Here's a good topic, unexpectedly. The 2013 film, Drinking Buddies. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this movie, but let me see. Let me Come on, Search History. No, that's Edward Norton. Edward Norton was on this show that Aaliyah watches calls Ask the Story Bots. And uh, he was hilarious on there. And so I posted them to my Instagram story. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's the B hyphen. Uh, B-H-Y-P-H-N, the B-H-Y-P-H-N. So, Drinking Buddies, 2013 film. It is uh, directed and edited by Joe Swanberg, starring Olivia Wilde, better known as 13 from House. At least that's, when I think of, I see Olivia Wilde, that's what I think of, not to mention she a baddie. So shout out to you, Olivia Wilde. Jake Johnson, who better uh his most recent role he would be known for at least in my world would be peter b parker the voice of peter b parker in spider-man enter the spider-verse also played um on new girl for several years as nick miller um that's probably his most well-known role and then he also is on uh stumptown if you haven't checked out my podcast called fresh episode about stumptown and daredevil 163 i believe uh, go over to the podcast called Fresh Feed and check that out. It's uh, Kel's ride. Uh, it's the one that says Kel's a solo. It's like the last episode. Maps just did an episode by himself. And now um, I had a, a solo episode before then. Uh, and a podcast called Fresh can also be found on your favorite podcast listening platform, including hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Yeah. So he's on Stumptown as well. So Jake Johnson's in this film. Ron Livingston, best known uh, from Office Space. Um, he played the character of, he, he was the lead character. What is Homeboy's name? Homeboy's name in Office Space is Peter Gibbons. And Office Space is the cult comedy classic. Uh, very funny film. And then also Anna Kendrick. And Anna Kendrick has a lesser role. I feel like this was either, this is real close to, uh, this is either right after Pitch Perfect or right before Pitch Perfect. Because I remember there being an interview with her and she was like, uh, yeah, we filmed Drinking Buddies. They're asking her questions about that film. And she's like, they're using real beer and we weren't expecting it. So a lot of times we were just sitting there drunk. Hey, so it is what it is, man. So anyway, this film it, it, it is literally a four-person film. There's a couple other characters in it. it. takes place in Chicago, and Olivia Wilde is like a secretary or uh, administrator for this brewing company. Jake Johnson's character, Luke, and let me use their actual names. Olivia Wilde is Kate. Jake Johnson is Luke. Uh, Anna Kendrick is Jill, and Ron Livingston is Chris. So, uh, Kate and Luke are co-workers at this uh, brewery company called Revolution Brewing, and I mean, it's a very laid-back uh, place. They're, they're drinking on the job. Uh, I mean, obviously, working a brewery, I guess they get just drink as much beer as they want. They have, um, they have a ton of um, chemistry as a thing. Like they're they're best friends is the way it's, it's put to put to each other. But you can tell that their best friendship uh, could easily turn into a relationship at any given moment. Their chemistry is phenomenal. They get each other. They laugh at each other's jokes. Uh, there's forehead kisses. Uh, there's sharing of lunches and checking on the other one and just general, all the things that normally lead to, uh, I'm friends with this person. Let's see what a relationship would do. That kind of thing. So anyway, uh, like I said, uh, Luke is with Jill. Jill is a teacher, and she's they've been getting together for about six years, I believe. And she wants to get married. Luke's been putting it off, you know. Uh, 
I mean, they're they're all in there. I'd say Chris is probably a little older. He might be in his mid thirties. Uh, Kate, Olivia Wilde's character, might be late twenties, early thirties. Luke is probably close to her, and then Jill seems like the younger one, uh, and probably the most put together of out, out of all of them next to Chris. So they're out at a bar hanging out, and then their significant others show up. And then Chris invites Luke and Jill to join him and Kate for a trip to his family's cottage. Thanks, Wikipedia. And for some reason, well, it's not even some reason. So Luke and Kate spent all this time together. They got all their inside jokes and everything. But I mean, they're not neglecting their significant others or anything like that. Luke is very much into his relationship with Anna, with with Anna Kendrick. Is Anna Kendrick or am I thinking about Anna Ferris? Anna, with Anna Kendrick, with um, Jill. He's very loving. It's not like he's ignoring her when Kate is around. He's very uh, very much in relationship. You don't see that so much from Kate, though. Kate is more focused on kicking it with Luke. That's all she wants to do. So Luke and Kate go do something uh, together. Uh, they might have been drinking. Go figure. Maybe they could have been playing blackjack. They were playing blackjack. And so while they're playing blackjack and drinking, uh, Jill and Chris decide they go and go for a walk in the woods. And somehow they sit down, have a little picnic. And Jill, always the prepared one, seems she seems to be. She uh, literally uh, breaks out some um, a picnic stuff. And she had all the things. And her and Chris end up talking. And one thing leads to another. you you like comic books anime and stuff sure you do who the hell doesn't and that's why you should listen to a podcast called fresh it's like audio cliff notes of ancient texts painstakingly translated by us for you so do yourself a favor like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform trust me we're everywhere so don't forget it's a podcast called fresh on itunes google Podcasts, anchor fm and anywhere podcasts are casted and they share a, a, a cute little kiss and it, it's one of those things like you know th things happen obviously they're both in relationships but you know like situations will arise in our lives but you gotta be smart about it so anywho they kiss in the woods and then they end up going back to the cabin and everything. So Kate spends this whole day with Luke. They have a great time together and she's trying to go to sleep and she hears Jill and uh, Luke downstairs uh, playing games and drinking. And she's upstairs in bed with Chris, I believe. And then she wakes up. Chris is knocked out and she's like, well, well, not well. She's, she's like, I'm not sleeping. I want to spend more time with Luke. So she gets up. Sees them downstairs. So she goes down and they're playing uh, blackjack as well. And they all end up hanging out. And then eventually Jill ends up falling asleep. So Luke and Kate stay up all night together. End up building a bonfire. And because Luke's like, let's go build a bonfire. They're, they're close to a beach. And then Kate decides she wants to go skinny dipping. And she runs into the lake. So they stay up all night long. And literally, I would imagine, this is not a scene in the film, but I imagine that Chris and Jill woke up and found them both knocked the fuck out. Because uh, I'm going to assume they just went to bed uh, probably after sun rose 
and they're, they're completely tired because they had been up all night drinking and, and hanging out and everything like that. So Chris is driving them home and Luke and Katie are in the back of the car asleep. And Jill and Chris both look kind of pissed off. Jill is probably more like contemplating the kiss. Chris is pissed off that he realizes that Kate was up all night hanging out with Luke. And so uh, he gets them back to the, he brings them back and drops off Luke and Jill. And then he tells Kate they need to talk. And then Kate walks into the brewery. It's like, oh, I'm single. So, oh, spoilers, by the way. It's no major spoilers. This is a great film. So essentially she's single, uh, decides to invite all her co-workers out to party that night. She ends up sleeping with this dude named Dave. Um, Luke tries to intervene with that, tries to cock block on Dave. It does not work. So Kate sleeps with Dave. Luke is mad about it. So the whole next day he's pissed off at both of them because obviously he knows he has feelings for Kate past. I think you made a bad decision. It's more like I'm jealous it wasn't me that you slept with. And I sure I really have feelings for you. You can tell this. Um, now, so he's mean to Kate and Dave all day. Fuck Dave. He's mean to Kate all day. But eventually, um, he apologizes for behavior and then things are cool again. And, that, and that's the thing about the relationship is, is they are such good friends that even when they have arguments or one's mad at the other, they keep coming back together. So uh, Jill decides she's going to go out of town for a week uh, to see some friends and stuff. And the funny thing is this happened right after a scene where Kate had came over to dinner at Jill and Luke's and uh, kept complimenting Jill about the house and the food and everything else and what a wonderful person Jill is and all of these things. And then uh, Jill leaves. So Luke and Kate end up going to get, get a bite. And then they end up falling asleep on the couch together. And then the next day, um, Kate's like, I got to move out of my old place. Will you come help me? And let me just backpedal a little bit. Chris breaks up with um, Kate, not only because of the whole thing with staying up all night with Luke, but he just realizes they're in different places in their lives. He wants to be in a committed relationship and really wants to kind of settle down. And he can see that Kate is not ready for that. And especially with the way that she may act towards Luke. Because I'm going to say it's pretty evident at times that Luke and Chris could be, uh, not Luke and Chris, <laughs> Luke and uh, Kate could actually be something more. So uh, they end up getting dinner together. He uh, agrees to help Kate move out of her old place to her new place. So they spend the whole day packing up her old apartment and cleaning it up. And Luke is even uh, surprised that the uh, maybe the space Kate's in her life like because they come in and her birthday party is still set up apparently her birthday party was months ago and Kate just decided I'm going to move soon anyway so fuck it I'm just going to leave it all up so there's decorations there is an empty cake tray uh literally the place is still a mess from her birthday party and Luke is kind of taking a little bit of back by, about it but you know what he's like you know what fuck it let's get this cleaned up let's do what we got to do spend the whole day cleaning up and he takes care of multiple rooms and I get it done and at one point Kate is uh, asking if he needs some water and Luke is passed out on her bed. Kate uh, turns out the light and takes off her shoes and there's this really cute moment where Luke is just knocked out dead to the world. So Kate literally curls up next to him and wraps her arm around him and they fall asleep together. So she wakes up the next morning and Luke is making breakfast for her. And then Luke is like, all right, so we're going to do this move. I'm going to go get the U-Haul. And then after we're all done with the move, 
let's go out to dinner and celebrate your move and everything and, and all this. So they're move, moving to the, like this step with the whole moving and being together all day, spending all this time together, um, and, and then going out to dinner. It's kind of leading up to the moment where they they might possibly explore their feelings. And I'm not just meaning in a let's hook up way. Like, it's kind of like Luke wants to do this because he knows Jill's out of town. And he he wants to see if there's anything really there with Kate. So he's like, oh, let's go out to dinner, da da da, da. So, great plan, and, and Kate agrees. So they start moving. They're carrying out a couch. Luke does not see a nail stick out of the couch and tears a huge hole in his hand. Blood everywhere. And then this is where the conflict comes in because Kate's like, ew, 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 blood, blood. And then Luke is just like bleeding. And he's like, can you fucking help me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm bleeding. Get me something. And Kate is just no use to him. So this is the first chink in their armor, really, besides the fact that she hooked up with Dave. And so, thusly, Luke is, he's mad. I mean, he's like, he's like, if, and this is where he can kind of compare the two, the two ladies in his life. Because with Jill, he's been with her for years. And when something like that happens, Jill is all about, what can I do to help? And in this moment, Kate's very selfish. Because even though her best friend is literally gouging with blood out of his hand, um, his left hand, she's like, uh, 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 and it, like, it frustrates him. And so he's trying to get his hand to stop bleeding. And then eventually, um, he, he's trying to... Um, the, the U-Haul van's in the middle of the road. And then this guy's trying to get around the U-Haul. And he's just completely berating. They're like, move the fucking van, asshole, blah, blah, blah. Luke's already pissed about his hand. And this dude just keeps railing on him. He's like, you know what, fuck it. So dude gets out of his car. And they start bawling. Uh, or start bawling. Start brawling. And then uh, Luke ends up with a busted lip on top of his hand. So now Kate is seeing a chink in their armor. Because it's like Luke, who is always this cool dude who makes her laugh. And they... And, you know, they're, they're really good friends. His temper is an immediate turnoff for her because there was no reason for her to escalate to that point. So, so Luke is seeing where Kate is not as helpful as Jill. And then, uh, Kate is seeing how Luke is hot-headed. So eventually Kate's like, let's call some, I'll call some people to come help. And who does she call? Dave and another coworker. So now Luke is pissed. Because Luke, Luke's whole plan was, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this thing together. We're gonna move all this stuff, and it's gonna be totally me and her together. And we're gonna move and 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 have the and spend the whole day together. And then we're gonna clean up and go out to dinner. It's gonna be this beautiful combination of what is our is there anything else that we might need to explore, you know? And then Luke's mad because these other two dudes are there, especially one who just had his dick in, inside of uh, Kate. And I don't mean to be that blunt, but it is what it is. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at one point, Dave is like, uh, hey, we're going to go out drinking. You know the huge. And, and Kate's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'll probably meet up with you, blah, blah, blah. And so Luke and, and Kate are sitting together, and, and Luke's all like, uh, we did it. And he's like, you want to get cleaned up and do this thing? And she's like, why don't we just go out with the guys? And this is from the way that Luke acted. She saw him pout all day after he cut his hand and got in a fight. She saw him be hot-tempered about the fight. So... She is cool on Luke right now. And Luke is still completely laser focused on I I I I I want to spend time with you and, and Kate is not 
Kate is not feeling it. And then they have this little argument and everything. And and then there, there's even mention, there's never, never a mention of your end. Like, and the good thing about this movie is a normal romantic comedy, romantic dramedy, whatever. They would be like, I love you, Kate. And he would, and she's like, well, that's your problem, blah, blah, blah. They say that without actually saying that. And there's a point where Kate even says, whatever you have dealing with and all this other stuff that you you have going on in your head, that's your thing. Like, And essentially, Luke gets mad. They, they blow up at each other. Luke leaves. Um, Kate ends up crying because she has feelings for him too. But she also... And she even throws that he has he's in a relationship in his face and I'm single and you don't you're not in charge of me. Uh, you have you have no say in what I do. Uh, stop thinking you do. They have this big blow up, so Kate's crying. Luke goes home mad as he returns to U-Haul. Luke gets home, finds Jill home early, and she's crying. And essentially uh, she sees he's injured and immediately, unlike Kate. Jill's all about, let's get your hand cleaned up. Let's do this. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, why are you crying? What's wrong? What happened? What happened? And she's like, the guilt of kissing Chris just overwhelmed her. And she's like, I had to tell you. I had to tell you. I'm so sorry. I want to be with you. I love you. It, it meant nothing. And then Luke is back to cool Luke. He's like, all you did was kiss. She's like, yeah. And he, hug, he hugs her and he forgives her. And then uh, he tells her he still loves her and wants to marry her. So Luke and Jill are still a thing. And then the next day, Kate is like all by herself. Like it's a lot of single shot on Kate. The whole rest of the movie is silent other than the noise from the brewery. And Kate's just alone in her feelings after everything that happened the previous day. She feels like she lost her best friend, possibly someone that she loves, uh, that she can't really be with. And she realizes that. And she sits down to have lunch by herself. And then in comes Luke. Luke sits down next to her. They don't say anything to each other. They start sharing food. Uh, he offers her a banana. She laughs. And then it seems like everything's okay. So the cycle is just going to repeat itself. So Drinking Buddies is about when you're with somebody and you think you might be into somebody else. And in Luke's case, he's in this long-term committed thing that he doesn't know what to do about and maybe one of the reasons he's never been quicker to agree to marry Jill is because he knows he has feelings for Kate but at the same time he doesn't want to get rejected by Kate and lose Jill so he's trying to have his cake and eat it too he's trying and he's trying he's not being manipulative manipulative in any way but he's just trying to figure out what what's good you know like is this a step I want to take is is do I want to lose it all and then really lose it all? Or do I take this chance? And so he's he's really trying to find out where Kate is at. And Kate is so hard to read because one, Kate was in a relationship. But Kate wasn't ever really super committed to a relationship. Even in the beginning of the mo movie, Chris is home and doing stuff and messing around with different things, reading books and all this other stuff. And then Kate ends up biking over to his place and... Uh, he, he's like, how was your night? He's like, she's like, oh, you know, I went out drinking with the guys, blah, 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 blah. And you can tell that Kate is still in party mode and stuff. And Chris just wants to spend a nice quiet evening at home. They end up hooking up. But then even after he finished hooking up, uh, Kate is like, I'm out. And he's like, you could just stay here. And she's like, no, that's okay. Um, I'm just going to go back to my place. So what kind of relationship is that where 
you're still not spending the night. And it seems like they've been together for, I think he said eight months at one point. So, I mean, eight months is a little bit of a long time to be, like, still piecing out after sex and going back to your place, you know. And they didn't live together. So, uh, Chris could see she wasn't in that space. And then once they break up, especially after what happens at the um, cottage, Luke is really wanting to kind of see if there's anything there without actually crossing the line of cheating on Jill. And ironically enough, he kind of gets his answer. But then, because they seem like they forgive each other at the end of the movie and they're laughing and, and smiling at each other and, and they are sharing those looks of chemistry again, you just, it's kind of open-ended where it's like, will they ultimately get together? Will he marry Jill? Um, or will... Um, you know, nothing ever become of it and all this stuff. So Drinking Buddies is a really good film. I feel like it doesn't get enough credit. I found it on Hulu a few, uh, probably about last week, and I just threw it on while I was editing something. I had seen it before. Um, it's on Hulu now. Uh, seek out Drinking Buddies. It's a really good film. Only an hour and a half. So it's a nice little 90-minute movie you can just knock out right quick. And it's, it's, just, a, it's just a really uh, solid film. And I, I can't say that enough. So... Thank you, phone, for not recording any audio because my previous thing that I said I was talking about not feeling good and being at IHOP and and then uh, I, I don't even know. I, I, think, I don't know, know how deep I got into it. Essentially, that whole story was we went out to breakfast on Saturday morning with my brother-in-law and mother-in-law and as soon as I left, I had stomach cramps. Ended up having to leave IHOP to use the bathroom and then... Um, some comments were made while I was in the bathroom by other gentlemen because I stunk. I don't care. I didn't feel good. And then I came back and everybody's like, that's weird. You left IHOP. And I was like, I'm not ruining everyone's breakfast. That's what that was. And another thing was I was watching a, a New Hope uh, Star Wars episode four and I saw the Han shoots first or, or Greedo shot first scene for the first time. I've always known about it, of course, but I kind of shared how when I had the original trilogy on uh, video cassettes, how I fell in love with that. I didn't know there was three Star Wars movies. I only thought there was Return of the Jedi until I got that three pack. Fell in love with the original trilogy. And in that one, Han always shot first. I thought it was badass. And then I knew they changed it. I had never actually witnessed it with my own eyes aside from YouTube clips and just how it made me really mad. So I think the Drinking Buddies uh, review, spontaneous, spontaneous, combustible thing that just happened was much better than that opening so yeah to sum it up watch drinking buddies first recommendation uh han always shoots first fuck you george lucas for making like you ruined the end of, of han coming back to help them to help the rebels versus the empire because greedo shot first it doesn't make han any it, it didn't do anything for Han's character. It just made him more sympathetic in the eyes of people who will never see the original shot of uh, Han shooting Greedo first. And and we didn't need that stupid Java scene in episode four. Come on, fam. George Lucas, I'm glad you don't own Star Wars anymore. And another one was my st tummy trouble. So I'm glad that y'all didn't have to sit through that. And now y'all can go watch um, Drinking Buddies. Next topic. Let's talk about sports for a second. Zion Williamson. 
Zion Williamson is the next chosen one, in case y'all ain't heard. He's supposed to be the next big star in the league. He's supposed to be the person that takes over for LeBron when LeBron eventually hangs up his sneakers. Supposed to be the next generation's great player. A player that possibly could be in the conversation for the greatest of all time after, I don't know, another 15 years. God, I'll be uh, 40. I'll be 51. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. It's come out recently that uh, Zion's timetable for returning from his injury is now been extended. Okay. (laughs) So, Zion had a couple moments in the preseason where it's like, oh, look at Zion. Look at what Zion's doing. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden... Right before the season starts, right after people start making predictions about, oh, well, Zion's going to do this and Zion's going to possibly do that. All of a sudden, comes out that Zion is going to miss the first, is, is out with an injury. Out of nowhere. Okay. Okay. That's fun, I guess. I kind of kind of had a feeling though because these rookies they get in the league and we all know what happened with Zion's shoe last winter. He's playing at Duke, fuck Duke by the way. Not Shushevsky, not Shushevsky anymore. I got mad respect for Mike Shushevsky now and what he's done with that program. But fuck Duke always. Like, Zion's shoe blew out and he hurt himself and he missed several games. And he came back and Duke ended up losing in a tournament at some point. I think. I don't think Duke was your national champion. No, that don't sound right. Duke was a national champion. I don't follow college sports like that. I probably followed it a little bit more recently. Incidentally. I didn't mean to, but it's just kind of happened. So, yeah... He, he he didn't uh, win the championship. He came out of college after his first year. Took all the hype away from R.J. Barrett. Because it's all about R.J. Next thing I know, everybody's want the Zion kid. And Zion's fine, you know? He's looked great in college. He looked great in a few moments in preseason. But these rookies get in the league. And I'm thinking about the Embiid's and the Ben Simmons and even going back to Blake Griffin, where these players get in the league and they get injured and then they miss their whole rookie year. And so people are winning uh, rookie of the years in their second year when it should have went to um, Donovan Mitchell. Is it Donovan Mitchell? Or did I just make that name up? Uh, when clearly there was a better actual rookie in the league. Okay, let's see who Donovan Mitchell is. Just make sure I'm not crazy. Yes, Donovan Mitchell, the Utah Jazz. So these rookies are just coming in the league, and I don't know what it is, but 
you could say it's it's burning from his injury back at Duke and everything. And the only thing that I'm reading right now, it says Williamson underwent surgery on a torn meniscus in October, just days before he scheduled to make his NBA debut. Duke Products set the preseason scoring record for a rookie. What is the preseason scoring record for a rookie? What the fuck is that? Zion... Most preseason points by a rookie last three seasons made 12 or 13 shots for 29 points and come back over to Bulls in preseason. And then it came out he had a torn meniscus. Okay. Um, who cares about a preseason scoring record? Good for you. What's Michael Jordan's preseason scoring uh, stat? Somebody give me that stat. Matter of fact, how many points did Michael Jordan score in the preseason? Uh, it can't even answer my question. Let me let me try the whole thing where it talks to me. How many points did Michael Jordan score in the preseason? Here's what I've got for Michael Jordan. An all-time NBA total of 32,000. That's your career point. That's 32,000, man. Who cares? But he comes out, he got this torn meniscus, so he's going to miss the preseason after, or miss early season because everybody was saying, oh, Zion's rookie of the year. Zion's rookie of the year, obviously. And now it's come out that Zion may not be back until early 2020. The Pelicans are 6-17, and 17, and that might be... I don't know if they've played since this came out. But the, the Pelicans are not good. They're, they've been very bad, uh, obviously, 6-17. and 17. This is where you know they want to get on the floor, and apparently, according to what uh, general manager David Griffin, 2016 NBA champion uh, David Griffin, who was a GM of the Cavs, by the way, uh, let's see. What what did he say that I saw? Um, you have to be more cautious. Oh, Alvin Gentry said this. Told reporters that Zion is itching to return to the floor. This is where y'all got to play your cards safe. If this guy is really going to be a force in the NBA, not, or even a... Great player in the NBA, fuck all the LeBron, LeBron comparisons and next big thing, all that stuff. If he's going to be a, a star player in the NBA, there's no reason to rush his ass back, man. Why would y'all do that? It's just pointless. Y'all suck. Just keep Zion out the rest of the season. All y'all going to do is risk him hurting himself long term. Let that man rest up. Until he's fully healthy. And try it again next year. Y'all know he's going to get rookie of the year. Because he didn't play his first season. If y'all worried about that. I know you want to get him healthy on the floor. But what is he going to do if, for y'all. If he comes back in late January. Early February. And y'all instead of just having 17 losses. Have another 15 losses on your record. And you're looking at 42 losses already. Who's that helping? He doesn't need to come play for that team. If anything, if y'all are just desperate to get his ass back on the floor, keep him out until like March. 
make sure he's fully healed. Let him play a few weeks. And then it shut him down, I guess. But that don't even make sense because what if he gets hurt playing for a lottery team in March, in April? Shut Zion down, man. So so the, the word is... <sighs> 2020, Mark Stein, New York Times. Resignation around New Orleans Pelicans that Williamson will not be ready to return in December is freely expected. Latter half of the six to eight week time frame originally given is next week, and Williamson remains limited to light duty. <laughs> duty. So just, just send him out, man. Don't bring him back. Don't try. I mean, he, can he win rookie of the year playing half a year? Is he that much better than all the rookies I mean it wouldn't surprise me let's do another Google search here who I don't know I, I want to say who is the leading vote getter and there, there's no nothing to really compare that to so I don't even know who the leading rookie is now here here we go who's the best rookie in the NBA Ranking Here's top five rookies. NBA.com. Ranking of top five rookies in the NBA. Eric Paschal, Golden State Warriors. Okay. Kendrick Nunn, Miami Heat. Yao Morant, Memphis Grizzlies. And RJ. And RJ. And Iman Barrett. Okay. So, if we're looking at the rookie ladder according to NBA.com, Eric Paschal of the Golden State Warriors is your front runner for rookie of the year right now. If Zion comes back in January and then just tears through the league from January to April... And is having a ama- and puts up amazing stats and doesn't get hurt and plays the rest of the season. Yeah, maybe you can win Rookie of the Year, but that's about all the Pelicans will win. You put a half a season of wear on them that y'all don't really need to. Just just sit them out, take the L. You it's not like he's not signed to the contract. Run him back for 2020, 21, and then we'll see what's what when he's fully healthy. I just thought I I want to throw that out there, and that that brings me to my next thing. It's kind of branching off of this topic. Cam Newton. Apparently, the Panthers are now shopping Cam Newton. The Panthers were performing relatively well there for a while, but their last few games they've dropped them and they they've fallen out of the playoff hunt. And now. NFL.com reported three days ago the Panthers will hold out for a large deal to trade Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton is interesting to me because when I first started this podcast in 2016, Cam is coming off his best season ever. 2015, MVP, leads the Panthers into the playoffs and ultimately the Super Bowl, and then the Broncos' defense just crushes him all throughout Super Bowl 50. I think I predicted the Panthers to win. If you want to go back to episode five, I believe, of Hyphen Nation, because the first couple episodes I was literally covering the NFL playoffs because I did not know the format of the show or anything. I think I did the wild card, I did divisional, I did the conference. They took the week off. I talked about some other things on episode four, and episode five was my Super Bowl preview. And fairly certain I picked the Panthers to win because the Panthers had been unstoppable all year. I didn't count on that. Broncos defense, and I didn't count on the whole narrative that Peyton Manning would go out as a champion, which is ultimately what happened. So since then, Cam has been okay. You know, he, he he's kind of went back to his pre-MVP numbers. 
the Panthers fired Ron Rivera, who Cam clashed with for his conser- formerly conservative style before he became Riverboat Ron, and it kind of opened up the things, and then 2015 happened in Carolina. Man. I like Cam. I was, I'm not a big college football guy. I wasn't a big... He didn't really do... Like, college football players don't move me like that. When you talk about great college football players, like, oh, look at this. Like, look at uh, Burrow from LSU. And look at uh, look at uh, the Ohio State quarterback. Or, or am I thinking about the right guy? Um, where did uh, the Alabama guy transfer to? Uh, I want to say he transferred to Ohio State. Maybe not. I, I could be wrong about that. Um, and look at Tua before that horrible injury that he got. And look at all these guys. And look how great they look in college football. That shit doesn't mean anything, man. All these high draft picks, they get in the league and, like, you know, they just struggle. Like, Baker Mayfield was pretty good his first year uh, once he got um, put in as a starter. And once Hugh Jackson and, um, oh, what was the, I can't think of the um, defensive coordinator uh, for them. Once they got rid of them in uh, Cleveland and they brought in Freddie Kitchens, the offensive coordinator, and then um, the guy who was given the coaching job, uh, the guy who had uh, uh, Bounty Gates. I'm not looking up these names. I, I'm on a, I, I help with the Browns show and these names are just escaping me right now, so I don't care. You look at Baker and he had a good for rookie season. I like, oh, look at Baker. Baker's an elite quarterback. And Baker did look elite at times, but last season's offense was tailored towards Baker. And it showed. And plus, that whole thing about game tape not being available. It's one thing when you have a few weeks of tape on a quarterback and then the quarterback's still successful. When you have a whole offseason to study game tape on a quarterback, teams adjust. And then what the Browns did with bringing in Odell and bringing in Kareem Hunt and then all these high expectations and then with their coaching choices the t- the offense isn't tailored around ba- Baker anymore and so Baker has looked very average a lot of times a season so these rookies when they get in the league man it, it just doesn't translate like let's look at the greatest possibly greatest player of all time in any sport Tom Brady 10th round pick, whatever it was, and he got the opportunity in New England, and he just ran with it the six Super Bowls. And I think he won a few MVPs around along the way and a bunch of Super Bowl MVPs. Um, you just never know. Like all these teams have to take these gambles on these on these quarterbacks because their quarterbacks suck. Quarterback is the hardest position to play in the NFL. And when they're doing this. They're put. They're putting so much pressure on these quarterbacks, and so back to Cam. Cam came in the league, led Auburn to national championship. He comes to Carolina, and then Cam just struggled. There, Cam's stats have always been there. Cam's been a great runner. Pam's Pam. Cam's able to throw the ball down the field, no problem whatsoever. And you, you know, it's it just didn't translate the wins, and it's all about the pieces, man. Carolina lacked. Um, they had some decent uh, running backs, and now they have Christian McCaffrey, who's great. Um, but you just have to have the right pieces, and you have to have defense. 
you can't go out there and have a great quarterback, great offense, and then not stop the ball on the other side. You can't expect a team to go out there and score 32 points when their defense is giving up 29 a game every single week. That's just too much to ask. And so for Cam, it was always personnel for him. And then, of course, Cam's probably one of the most more eccentric dressers in the NFL. And so people started talking about Cam's uh, the way Cam dressed. And he, he's been under a lot of scrutiny. And then there's the whole narrative of him being a black quarterback. Black quarterbacks get no love in the NFL still. And I'm not... And, I don't want to harp on it being a race thing, but it's just more difficult for a black quarterback. There's been several, several, several times three quarterbacks that have come into the league, black quarterbacks, that get their opportunities and then they just, for example, Booger McFarland from ESPN, he, he wanted um the Ravens quarterback. Man, these names are escaping me. He thought the Ravens quarterback should be a wide receiver, and now... He's having one of the, he's only his second year. He's probably the MVP of the NFL so far. And Booger's eating his own words. But even then, the moment that things change for the Ravens quarterback, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. Uh, Lamar Jackson. The moment things change for Lamar Jackson, those talk that talk will be back. Now, if a white quarterback was in that position. You won't hear anybody saying that he needs to be a wide receiver. Robert Griffin III, another excellent example. Uh, the backup in Baltimore had a great rookie year and then got injured, came back too soon from injury, and then the Redskins just slowly gave up on him when they're the ones who put him in the position to uh, not be successful, ultimately, I guess you could say. So with Cam... He's always been under this microscope, and it's always been he's he's too athletic at his position. He makes bad decisions. He he doesn't have field vis- vision. All these things, and then 2015 happened, and as soon as he showed signs of weakness in 2016, 2017, 2018, they're jumping all over him again. The media, that is, saying that Cam Newton is an elite quarterback. And that whole weird thing happened a few years back. Maybe it was 2014 where Cam was awful all year. The Panthers were awful. He got in that car accident. And all of a sudden, he played wonderfully the last few weeks of the season. Got Carolina in the playoffs. And everybody's back on the Cam train. They love you and they hate you. Then they love you again. The quote Jay. Happy belated. I know I already said it. Oh, oh, yeah. And this also in that part I lost about Jay. Happy belated, uh, ha- happy belated 50th birthday, the part I lost about Jay, the part of hyphenation I lost, I said a, ha- a little happy birthday section in Jay-Z, so happy 50th, thank you for all the things you've given me in the world, including putting your whole discography on Spotify, appreciate that, Jay, that's a good look, able to listen to Can I Live Whenever I Want Now, because I'm on Spotify now, no longer on title, jumped on the Spotify train after my title, um, my one month on title, um, just to see if I liked it better. I did like it better. And then Jay's like, oh, well, hyphens on Spotify. Let me give him my discography for my birthday. So go look it out, Jay. Happy 50th. So this season, Cam came in injured. Like, I, 
he looked horrible the first couple games. And then finally, I can't remember if he went out with an injury or if he um, – I don't think he got benched. I think he just – I think he just ended up being hurt. And then they brought in this Allen kid. There, there's so many Allens in the league now. Josh Allen maybe or my thing about the Buffalo. That's Buffalo's quarterback. Whatever Allen is in uh, Carolina, not the Allen that was starting a few games for the Broncos. And he was doing fine. And then all of a sudden the whole Carolina uh, franchise kind of collapsed themselves. They fired Rivera. So they're just waiting out the rest of their season. And now they want to trade Cam. So I went to... um, not PopCon, I went to the Steel City Con with Gary and Anthony on Sunday, uh, which is a essentially a comic book convention. It was my first big one because I went to PopCon a few times here in Morgantown. And I went to Steel City Con, and uh, it was awesome. Lots of cosplay. Saw some celebrities. I didn't pay to meet any celebrities, but I saw some. I saw Trish Stratus. I saw um, the T... What was he? The T... The guy who... Patrick in Terminator 2... He played the T-1000? Or was that Schwarzenegger? Let's see. T-Mobile? No. T-1000... Yeah. Do-do-do-do. Podcast 101. Cast. Why do you do this to me? Robert Patrick. I saw Robert Patrick. I saw Ham from Small Lot. Small Lot. From the Sandlot. Uh, Saw some Star Trek people I didn't know because I'm not a Trekkie. Uh, So I saw some celebrities. Got to look through a bunch of merchandise. Gary actually bought me this really sweet black and white Ninja Turtles action figure set. Um, that uh, they wanted originally for like 54 bucks, but the dude was like, I haven't sold shit at this convention all weekend. I'm going to give it to you for $25. And before I get my money out, Gary's like, here, <laughs> happy Christmas. I'm like, oh man, you didn't have to do that, Gary. So uh, lots of fun. We went through and got to see all that. And then uh, we stopped at this awesome restaurant on the way back. But then on the way back to Morgantown, and I want to shout out that restaurant real quick. That restaurant was dope. On the way back to Morgantown, E texts the Browns on our blood group because Eric does Browns on our blood with Anthony. And he's like, oh, the Browns should trade for Cam Newton. And I'm like, what? Why would the Browns trade for Cam Newton? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, yeah, I know Baker uh, hasn't been what y'all wanted him to be. But, you know, maybe let's not... Angelo's. The restaurant was Angelo's in Washington, PA. Delicious food. We had their lunch, their brunch buffet. Really good. But, yeah, he's like, let's trade for Cam. He's available. Let's get Cam Newton. And do what with Baker Mayfield? He is really pro-black quarterbacks, as am I. But his reasoning was... Cam is going to see what Lamar Jackson has done this season, and he's going to want to ball out. I'm going to let that hang for a minute. How many seasons has Cam Newton played? 
According to Wikipedia, Newton's 33 rushing touchdowns were the most by a... Okay, I, that's not what I asked. Cam just turned 30? Yeah, he turned 30 in May. Cam Newton has played... Do, do, do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine seasons. 125 games. Started 124 of them. And he's played seven postseason games. So you're literally looking at a player who has 133 games under his belt. And he's 30 years old. Okay. Baker, on the other hand, is only in his second season. And Baker is also the tender age of 24. He'll be 25 next year. So you want to trade a 30-year-old quarterback, trade for a 30-year-old quarterback when you have a soon-to-be 25-year-old quarterback who only has two NFL seasons under his belt. Almost two NFL seasons under his belt. Do you replace Baker? Do you put Baker on a bench? And the weird thing is, like, you bring in Cam. If you trade Baker, then what? Like, Odell's, it's already reports are starting to come out. He doesn't want me in Cleveland next year. The Browns are going to have to do something about that. Apparently playing with his best friend isn't enough when they're not winning. You know? all All the... Smiles and laughs and uh, preseason hype has gone away. So now Odell's like, I don't want to be in Cleveland no more. He hadn't said it himself, but apparently there's reports saying that he has said these things. The media. We all know you can only only take so much. You got to take it with a grain of salt. One thing I have to agree with Donald about is there is fake news. He got him elected. So... <laughs> See, so the Browns trade for Cam, lose Odell, keep Landry, probably keep Kareem Hunt. Chubb is still there for a little bit. And then what? Keep Kitchens? Cam's going to be the answer because Cam sees what Lamar Jackson, who's also in his only his second NFL season with less games under his belt than Baker. He's going to want to, he sees what Lamar Jackson is going to do and wants to replicate it. That's a dumbass take. I'm sorry. So Cam Newton may have a new home next year. I wish him all the best, man. Um, but he's he's coming off telling his career. He's 30 years old. They're not all Tom Brady's, Ben Roethlisberger's, Peyton Manning's, where they play into their 40s. So Cam has a limited lease on his starting QB life in the NFL. Maybe he can be a backup somewhere and hang out for a few more seasons and catch some more paychecks. But Cam's time as an elite quarterback is more than likely done. You know who I'm afraid may take a chance on him? The Raiders. Because Derek Carr, Gruden gave him another year. The Raiders were kind of in the hunt. Now the Raiders are still in the hunt, but they are... Statistically, the world, the the everything is against them now. So, I think Derek Carr will be moved uh, moved away from, especially with Vegas supposed to be happening for the twenty twenty season. So the Raiders may take a chance on him. 
Gruden could do that. He's got seven more years, no, eight more years on that $100 million contract. So why not? But what I'm really afraid of, and I'm going to stop talking about sports here, I'm afraid the Buccaneers won't re-sign Jameis Winston. And the Raiders will take the good to take the bad, and then you know who will have Jameis Winston as their starting QB in Las Vegas. That's been the Hyphenation Sports Report. Eh. You see it out of the corner of your eye, at the end of an alleyway that didn't exist before. The light seems to flicker and threatens to sputter out. It's a theater, and there's only one film playing. You don't recognize the title, although it stirs something in your Welcome to the Mirage, the theater of movies that do not exist. Cinematic Mirage is a podcast exclusive to the Domicile of Dread Patreon about films that were greenlit that never made it to the silver screen. Join Thomas DJ as he explores how the projects came together, why they stopped production, and what they may have been about. It's free to all patrons at the $5 a month level or more. To learn more and to sign up, go to patreon.com slash DJ's Domicile of Dread. Cinematic Mirage. A seat's waiting for you. Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group. Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to people. HyphenPodcastGroup.com Hyphen Nation can be found on your favorite podcast listening platform, which includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, a whole bunch of them. In fact, if there is a favorite podcast listening platform that you use and Hyphen Nation is not on there, please let me know. Or same goes for any of the other great shows from Hyphen Podcast Group. Uh, just let me know, and then I will do my best to fix that for you so that you're able to listen to our podcast. All right, so if you want to get a hold of me, it's B-H-Y-P-H-E-N, B-Hyphen, at gmail.com. On social media, it's the B-Hyphen on Instagram, Hyphen Universe on Facebook, and B-Hyphen on Twitter. If you want to go through the Hyphen Podcast Group side, you can go through Hyphen podcast group at gmail.com hyphen podcast group on instagram and twitter oh no that's not true hyphen podcast group on instagram and facebook and then it's hyphen pod group on twitter you can reach me any of those ways drop me a line uh, ask me a question you know and if it's about the show i'll gladly read whatever you send me on the on the thing on the whatchamacallit on the podcast i'll do that i don't mind it's not a problem at all I will do that for you. And speaking of reviews, if you um, happen to be on Apple Podcast, uh, please rate the show with five stars. Leave some reviews. Subscribe. Subscribe on any platform you're listening to us on. That way you never miss an episode. And then tell a friend to tell a friend that it's them again. Mostly it's me. Um, and that way, you know, you can spread the word about hyphenation and then y'all can talk about hyphenation at the water cooler because that's what it's all about. About waking up on a, or getting together 
tomorrow afternoon and going to your water cooler and being like, man, that was a great show, Hyphenation, wasn't it? And then your friend's going to be like, yeah, that was a great show, Hyphenation. How about the part where he said Zion should sit out for the rest of the shit out, to sit out for the rest of the year? Wasn't that great? Yeah, I love that part. You can totally do that. I don't care. That sounds good to me. The power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. No matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. Absolutely. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give people their flowers while they're still here. Tell people what they mean to you while you're still here. You never know when it's their time to go. And with me saying that, it's the holiday season. Call your mom, call your dad, call your brother, call your sister. Tell your kids how much they mean to you. Tell your spouse how much they mean to you. Um, Hug your loved ones. Call your grandmother, call your grandfather, call your godfather, call your god, your godmother. Um, go see your uncle, go see your aunts. Write on someone's Facebook wall, send them a direct message. Let people know how much they mean to you while you're still here. And while you're doing that, also try to have genuine interactions with people because you never know what the next woman or man is going through and your kind words could save theirs could save their life or someone else's life so just keep that in mind too words of wisdom hmm don't eat a whole ass calzone in one city <laughs> It's funny. I was talking about tummy troubles. And then I ate all this calzone. It wasn't a very good idea. Um, But no, seriously. Words of wisdom for today. Here it is. Words of wisdom for today are... Man, where do I go? There's so many things that's popping my head right now. I'm just going to go with... your pace is your pace and when I say that there's throughout our days we go through a ton of things that we just do on a regular basis you know and sometimes whatever we're doing may have an effect on other people as far as your job as far as your family your kids things like that uh, your friends and they, you may look at someone and be like, oh, like, say you're in customer service and you're looking at the customer and then they're like being hella anxious. Like they want you to hurry up or you're doing something and you know that you have to go to a certain pace in order to do this correctly but you also know that you're on a time crunch because you have to be somewhere with the family within 30 minutes and spouse is getting anxious to leave or the kid is on your last nerve like when are we leaving when are we leaving when are we leaving you know you have to go at your own pace we spend so much time rushing around everywhere rushing here rushing there doing this doing that I've told y'all before you didn't take time and just smell the roses you know probably not in those words but I have but sometimes 
getting something done the fastest isn't the way to get it done the best. And that applies in life, like your everyday life with just getting your kid ready in the morning. It applies to your job. It applies to driving to and from work. If you feel like you need to crawl through the streets in a 40 and you want to go 25, fuck those other cars that's behind you. Who cares? Fuck it. You'll get there. They'll get there when you get there. I mean, you you have to go at your own pace. If you're if you suddenly decide, oh, there's a car on me, let me uh like tailgate me. Let me uh look behind me and make sure everything's okay. It's like that uh uh mayhem commercial. That's Allstate, right? And like the driver's watching behind him and watching mayhem tailgate him, and then he doesn't see what's in front of him, and bam, accident. You know. Or you could be going too fast, lose control of the car, not see something up ahead. Well, or you could get some, I mean, you just never know. And if you try to increase your pace to fix something to makes the next person happy, then that can lead to bad results for you. So everything can be completed at its own pace. I know we have deadlines and timetables and places we have to be. But ultimately, everything can be done at its own pace. If you're late for work, you're late for work. Don't make it a habit. But if you're late sometimes because you did have, like, you're a couple minutes late, this happened, woke up late. Everything has to be done at your own pace. There's no reason to kill yourself to try to, if if, if you think you can make it, <laughs> it's work. <laughs> Maybe you can, like, speed up a little bit. But... You know what I'm saying, man. You get stuck behind, like, a, I don't know, a coal truck. That happens here in West Virginia. Happens here in Morgantown. And you can't get where you need to be. You you just call and be like, hey, there's nothing I can do other than make an illegal pass and hope that nobody's coming down the left side. You can't do that. That's dangerous. And same thing in... This case, because when you're doing things at your own pace, you know that you'll get there safely or you'll get done correctly. It may not be as fast as some people want it to be, but all you can do is apologize and move on and then try to improve the next time. But don't drive yourself crazy and get your anxiety all worked up because you're not going at the right pace. Do you, man? You'll be fine. That's my words for words of wisdom. There you go. Hopefully that made sense. It made sense to me. It's my podcast though. So I don't care. <laughs> and that also is not true. I did I, I do care. I care very much about all y'all. Apologies to Markel Fultz. We're out of time, man. So maybe next time. Sorry. No, it don't always work out. I heard a song called that once. It was like, it don't always work out. It was bad. It was bad. Anything else I need to tell y'all? Um. Oh. You know, if you go to the hyphenation anchor page and go to the RSS feed, uh, you can take that and put it into your favorite podcast listening device. 
and turn that some bitch sideways while you're at it. And then you can get all 139 episodes of fire just like that. <laughs> just FYI. Uh, hyphenation is powered by Anchor, of course, so you can listen to it on Anchor and or it's wherever podcasts are sold, man. Hyphenation's everywhere. <sighs> I still owe y'all two episodes. Uh, I miss this be my first Thursday episode in a while. So I still owe y'all two episodes for the end of the year. I'm gonna see if I can't make that happen. I'm gonna try my best. We'll see what happens. Thank you to every one of y'all that listens to the pod, though. I really appreciate it. it. Really makes my heart smile to see those numbers jump up every week. Um, you know, just to know that someone's out there wanting to listen to me, even if it is the brain, the brain trust mostly. But I know there's other people out there listening, man. So I, I do appreciate it, and very happy with all the growth that Hyphen Nation's experienced so far this year. So far this year, there's only like a few more weeks left. It's cold outside, man. Ah, I miss summer. But I say all that to say this. Thanks, y'all. subscribe and comment this has been a hyphen podcast network production they're the bestest i'm getting paid at exposure